Welcome to the 24-7 Prayer Podcast. I'm Brian Heasley. And I'm Hannah Heather, and we are so glad that you're joining us today. Who have we got today, Hannah? So today we have the incredible Josh Green. He is um, the Director of Youth for 24-7 Prayer, and he's just incredibly passionate about seeing a generation, you know, discipled in prayer. And so we had a great conversation with him, didn't we? We looked at, you know, what, what is it like to be a teenager today in a world of TikTok and all the social media and the relentlessness of screens. And it's really challenging, actually, isn't it? Trying to put yeah. your yourself in the shoes of, of a young person today and then think, you know, how can we try and teach them to pray and what can they teach us about prayer? I loved it. I kind of wish we could have asked him a few more questions. We kind of ran out of time, but there's a whole load of different things I wanted to go there with him. But it was great, just some of the advice he had for parents, some of the advice he had for youth workers, and generally anybody who's passionate about seeing young people encounter Jesus. Josh is your man, and this will be a really incredibly encouraging podcast for you to listen to. Yeah, and and to just be encouraged that people are hungry out there. That's his experience on the ground. And he's traveling all over the UK right now talking about prayer. So that's pretty cool home. And he went to Asbury. He did. He did go to Asbury. So we'll talk about that a little bit. A little sprinkling of Asbury in amongst young people. (laughs) So we hope that you enjoy this episode of the podcast with Josh Green. So here we are today with uh, Josh Green, 24-7 Prayers Youth Director in here in Great Britain. Josh, it's lovely to have you with us today. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what is that? what do you do, that kind of stuff. We'd love just to get to know you a little bit better. I'm so happy to be joining you guys today. Um, I'm from Manchester, sunny Manchester, uh, although we mainly just have rain. Um, support Manchester City, Ooh. married... Sorry about that, Brian. We clash regularly about this, but, you know, it is what it is. Brilliant. So, Josh, tell us about prayer, your role as a prayer with young people. What does that look like? Explain us uh, to us a little bit about what you're up to, what you're trying to do, what you're hoping to achieve. Yeah. Um, well, I mainly work with a lot of teenagers, and uh, the goal really is to get them into prayer rooms and get them hungry for the presence of God, which to some people sounds exciting, to others sounds like, how the heck would you do that? And uh, Mm -hmm. ever since I started with 24-7 Prayer, that's kind of been the journey is discovering how we get young people to be hungry for the presence of God and how they are passionate about wanting to spend time with with God. And that can be quite difficult in in our context, particularly in Great Britain, where it seems like, you know, youth, being in church is kind of on the decline and even within church, whether young people are even following Jesus and wanting to know more about Jesus. And so then me coming in at sort of opposite end of saying, let's be on fire, let's be hungry, let's be passionate for God, sometimes seems a million miles away from where young people are at in Great Britain. Um, and But to be honest, what we've really been seeing across the nation as we've been calling young people to prayer meetings, you know, youth prayer nights or hosting prayer rooms or getting on our Origins Youth Prayer course. We've seen a hunger in the nation with a remnant of young people who really want to go deeper in God's presence and know more about Him. And that's been so incredibly encouraging. You know, the Holy Spirit's good at His job, you know, drawing people to Jesus. So it's just been so amazing and so humbling to see young people so passionate for 
for God in our nation. That's amazing, Josh, and so encouraging to hear that you are on the grind and that is your genuine experience of young people today. I think it must be a really interesting time to be a teenager. And mm. I say that not as someone who's like, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I was. Well, oh, I don't know. It was quite a while ago, wasn't it? <laughs> but like when I was a teenager, you know, there wasn't like I didn't have a mobile phone. You know, there wasn't like all the social media pressure that there is today. You know, like and if a boy wanted to talk to you, you had to literally phone your home phone and your mum mm. would answer and you'd have to go through that first barrier. It was quite, to us, it was a simpler time, I imagine. It was quite like, I think it was quite a nice time to be a teenager, whereas... You know, I look at the landscape now and they've got like this constant mm. sort of the pressure of socials and they've got, I don't know, it feels like it would be easy for young people to feel more, you know, disconnected on a genuine level from one another than ever before. How do mm. you feel, like, could you speak a little bit into that, into like, what is it like to be a teenager today? You know, and not to mention the fact they've just been through COVID. I don't, and I don't mean to say like, oh, they're, this is such a tough time and no one's ever been through a harder season because I'm sure that's not true but I just would love to hear your heart for like what is it like to be a teenager today and for those of us who it was a while ago <laughs> that we were teenagers like how can we relate to these guys and what they're going through yeah that's a good question I mean I think it's true that every generation has its own unique challenges um you know, you can see that throughout history, but there is certainly unique challenges that our young people face. We are living in a mental health crisis, it seems like, you know, and loneliness and isolation. And I think the digitalization of the world and social media is just not making things any easier. You know, when I was a kid, I used to struggle in high school, but then when you went home, you were kind of shut off from yeah, that world. So true. Whereas now, now with your phone and social media you kind of it's kind of going home with you so wow. it it feels relentless mm. it, it feels like there's you know a constant influx uh into young people's lives of messaging social media what what other people think about them and i think there's probably never been a need more for um and i'm going to shout him out here um, Brian Heasley's book, Be Still. But Come this on. idea of moving away from the distractions, getting into a place of silence and solitude, what does that look like for young people? You know, when Jesus says in Matthew 6, 6, you know, when you pray, go into your room, right. shut the door. Yeah. Like, what does it mean to shut the door, like shut off from the world? But yeah, I, I think that young people are incredibly brave, the fact that they they are still coming to church mm. in a in a world where it feels like yeah. you know it's looked down upon or or perhaps offensive to mm. to hold a Christ, christian worldview the fact that they're still coming and still interested i think is amazing so i think we have a group of young people who are incredibly brave incredibly courageous but also they're being incredibly bombarded by mm. the messaging of the world and different mm. things like that so what i'm hearing is the answer for the youth of today is Brian Heasy's book, Be Still, would that be fair to say, Josh? <laughs> Amen. Amen. And and he's he's going to pay me later for saying that. <laughs> Brian Heasy, the voice of a generation. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's lovely of you to be kind to me, Josh. What happens with uh, multiple messaging? How do you get your message across? How do we get the message of the gospel or the message of a deeper walk with Jesus across in a crowded 
platform, a crowded world of varying messages. Well, what is the message of the gospel for young people? Oh, Hannah. <laughs> question inside your question. Go for the question inside my question first, Josh, and just lead us out of that maze. Yeah, well, the gospel's never changed. It's it's the good news that Jesus came to the world to die for our sins. It's it's never changed. Um, I think we've got into a bit of a muddle recently where we feel like the gospel needs to be repackaged. Mm. Um, actually, it doesn't need to be repackaged. It still needs to be boldly proclaimed, and we still need to demonstrate the love of Jesus. For me, those things stay the same. Yeah. Um, and those packaging worked pretty well for the early church. <laughs> you know, they stayed in the prayer room. The church started out as a prayer meeting and God wants the church back how he started it. Mm. And so I think it's a sense in which we, we need to get back on fire for the presence of God. And I think actually when you look out at the landscape where, where we are right now in culture and you research about revival, you find that often revival is birthed when culture seems to be at its worst and the world seems to seriously be declining in so many areas. And that's when God seems to birth uh, a revival. Mm. And so that can be incredibly encouraging. And so to answer Brian's question, I actually think that the worse things get, the more we put out the light of Christ and the gospel of, of, of Jesus, mm. the, actually, the more it sticks out the right. more it, it sort of becomes attractive and it's like, whoa, this is radically different mm. from anything else I'm hearing. And I think, you know, part of what I believe that God is doing in our generation is calling the church back to holiness. And the word holy means different. Um, and I think that's what people need more than ever before is something different. Mm. Um, and the gospel is different. The gospel is uh, bringing the message of love when it seems like, the world is full of hate, to say mm -hmm. it really simply. Yeah. Uh, the, the gospel is the message of forgiveness in a cancel culture. Yes. You know, the gospel is a message of restoration when we're telling people there's no such thing anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just you're done, you're finished, you're out. And that's not the message of Jesus. The, the message of Jesus is you're in. If you yeah. follow me, you're in. <laughs> like, yeah. Josh, just just want to just wanna drop back a little bit. You said yeah. that... that the church began in a prayer meeting and God is calling the church back to a prayer meeting. But didn't that prayer meeting end up spilling out into the world? Wasn't, I mean, we weren't, we weren't ever meant to stay in the prayer meeting. If you know what I mean, the spirit fell at Pentecost during a prayer meeting and they all ended out in the street proclaiming the exactly. good news. Can you just, yeah. just so that we don't, I, I know you, I know you, so I'm, I'm teeing you up really, but just that sense of, <laughs> we don't want the idea that, we we want to retreat back into some sort of cloistered life. Mm. I absolutely agree um, with you, Brian. And I think that if you spend time with Jesus long enough, he'll send you out into the world with his message, with his heart. You know, when you're spending time with Jesus, you're spending time with a God who died on the cross to save the world. Mm -hmm. His heart is more broken for the world than ours could possibly ever be. Um, so... That's, I just like the idea of that early church. You know, they're spending time in prayer. Jesus told them to wait. And then the Holy Spirit came. And the first thing that the Holy Spirit gets them to do is not to stay in the room. Mm. Exactly what you're saying, Brian. It's to yeah. go out and, and take the presence out on the streets. And, you know, to bring it back to young people, if we can call young people out on the streets to 
to be brave, to be courageous, um, and to actually bring the message of Jesus. It's stretching their faith. Mm-hmm. It's it's giving them an opportunity to do something that might be a little bit scary, might be a little bit hard, but it's stretching them and therefore growing capacity to um, be deeper followers of Jesus. So in many ways, it was Bob Pierce who said, Lord, break my heart with what breaks yours. Mm. And I think it was Frederick Buchner that said something along the lines of go where your best prayers take you. So yeah. you're saying if we have young people engaging in that place of prayer, that inevitably the Lord will reorientate their hearts towards the least, the last, and the lost, and they will go where their best prayers take them. How do you see young people sharing the gospel? Because we're we're in a in a world of multiple messaging again. How do we encourage our young people to share the gospel in a non kind of like I'll stand on a platform and shout at you kind of way, but in an engaging way. Are you seeing that happen? Is that coming out of the place of prayer? Yeah, so I have the privilege of um, helping serve as part of the team that puts on an event called Wildfires. And we have like a youth tent where we we get to look after a group of young people for a couple of days. And um, we had this one moment in worship where a young person came up to me and said, in a couple of days' time, it's church on Sunday. When we get home from wildfires, we'll have a couple of days at home, and then it'll be church. And he said, I'd love to ask all the young people in the room to text a friend right now and invite them to church. And I was like, I love that. You go for it. So I gave him the mic, and he jumps up on stage and 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 does it. And literally all the youth start pulling out their phones, start texting their mates, And then you start hearing shouts from across the room. My friend just said yes. My (laughs) friend is coming to church. And then Wildfire's youth social media that Sunday was full of messages of young people saying, my friend came to church and responded to the gospel. My friend came to to church and really had a positive experience. And recently um, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the five challenges of Christ. Um, you know, repent and believe, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, you know, I'm sending you out into the world. But sort of the first challenge that Christ gave was come and see, mm. like come and see what I'm doing, Yeah. like come and get involved. And I think if we we sort of operate in that way with young people say, well, let's give it a go, like come and see, like let's have, let's, let's have a try at this. Mm. It, it empowers them. It gives them something to do. I'm the type of person that learns how to do something when I actually do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way that Jesus taught us how to pray. The disciples came to Jesus in Luke 11, 1 and said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus just gave them a prayer. You know, it's almost as if he was saying, you know, you learn how to pray by praying. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, we, I think we get young people involved by giving them an opportunity. And I, I think that's what we saw at Asbury University, like, a group of young people who were just leading the way by doing it, just by worshiping, by praying, by speaking out. And so I think we need to empower and equip a generation to to lead the way. I love that. In that story, Josh, about inviting people to church, was that a young person, did you say, that suggested that? Yeah, that was a teenager, yeah, who suggested it. And so we just gave him the mic. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. And it makes me wonder, like, you know in your experience working with young people like what do you think they have to teach us about prayer like what is that generation kind of speaking into 
the theology of prayer, the practice of prayer? Like, what are you learning from the young people? That's a really good question. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Like, coming into 24-7, like, that's kind of the story a little bit of of 24-7. You know, a group of students in a prayer room. Yeah. And they, you know, and then it just began to spill out into the nations and and the gospel started to get preached. And I'm sure Brian could tell us a million stories of of all those things. Oh, a million. (laughs) A million stories of Ibiza and all the incredible, amazing things. But what can we learn from youth in in regards to prayer and all that kind of stuff? I, I mean, I guess some things that I'm learning is young people seem to have a hunger to linger in the presence of God. Um, they they don't really like this whole, like, let's finish now. Like, young people just seem to want to stay and stay and stay in the presence of God. And we're finding a lot of our youth prayer meetings and youth nights quite difficult to finish because young people just want to stay. Yeah. And it reminds me of Exodus 33, 11, where, you know, Moses is going in and out of the presence of God, but it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Like he stayed. And that that's, again, what happened at Asbury. A group of young people just stayed. And then I've been seeing it all across this year at youth festivals, different ones and youth prayer nights. Young people just wanted to stay. And I think that's telling us something. I think it's telling yeah. us that God's ripping up the program. <laughs> he wants to bring his presence front and centered. Uh, front and center mm-hmm. um i'm also finding that there's a longing for truth I, th- I think young people seem to really want to just get to grips of what is the truth like we really are hungry to find that that is a really interesting question i think particularly for young people today what is the truth because mm. you know obviously we're living in a real in a postmodern culture where that sort of meta narrative has been totally dismissed hasn't it that there is no great Mm. truth but what's true for you that's good for you what's true for me is good for me like that I think that's really interesting that you're seeing in people a hunger to know the answer like what is that like do you sense that there's a coming back to a general idea that there is objective truth that's a big question to ask on behalf of all young people but it sounds like that's what you're saying I think so um I think that when there is an objective truth I believe that it provides a foundation of safety where you can actually ask questions. Yeah. And so I think that's what's happened in the generation before because mm. they had a foundation of objective truth. It provided a safety where people were able to wrestle um, and ask questions. And then it's led some people to say, right, there is no objective truth, but this generation has grown up only with there is no objective truth. They didn't have that foundation of safety, of objective truth. So I just, I think that just produces chaos. I think that makes people feel unsafe, unbalanced, and unsure of how to navigate the world. And I Mm. think that that's sort of what's happened with young people is it's, 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 there's this hunger, but also I think even deeper than that, you know, we're made in the image of God. And I think there is a longing inside all of us to Mm. connect with what made us. And I, and I think, it's speaking into that as well. Josh, I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. I'm out the other end. I've got a 27-year-old and 25-year-old. Hannah's at the beginning of her parental journey, <laughs> although it feels already like a lifetime. Uh, you've got children. Yeah. If you were going to be, if, if I was, a, I am a parent, but listening in to you and I was thinking, you know what, I'd love my young people to pray more. 
I'd love my, not my young people, my children. You know, most of us have a heart and a passion to see our children connect deeply yeah. with Jesus. You've got three children as well. Just get, as a youth worker, as someone who deeply loves God and who comes from a Christian home as well, how, mm-hmm. give me, how do we help our children grow as parents? That's a really good question. Um, I think that they've got to see it at home. Um, you know, when we model it, I think they see it at home. Um, and so I think that that, that is radically important. Yeah. Um, I, I remember hearing somebody say, I want my children to be more familiar with my praying voice than my preaching voice. Ooh, I found that's that good. deeply <laughs> I found that deeply challenging. Oh, that is really um, challenging. I want I want my young people uh, my children to see that. Um and I think, you know, even in this generation there is that longing to be real. You know, mm-hmm. have you heard of that social media app? It's the most popular social media app amongst young people. Brian, you could be a micro influencer on Be Real. I, I have Be Real, but it like it just annoyed me. <laughs> I'm just going to stick to. I, I think I'm. I'm just going to stick to one platform, and be a micro yeah. influencer on Instagram. You can follow me at yeah. B Heasley. I mean, you are smashing that platform, Brian. So. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Carry on. So more familiar with our praying voice than our preaching voice. I love that. How do you model mm-hmm. a prayerful lifestyle in front of your children without making them feel weird? My dad used to make us do a Bible study after dinner every night, and he taught me New Testament mm-hmm. Greek, wow. which made it a little bit strange to invite a friend around for dinner. Mm. But look at you now, though. <laughs> I know, but at the look time at I was just weird as heck. Yeah, look at me now. But I had I went to prison four times off the back of that. So it's like, <laughs> let's just like make this not just the dude to look at me now. There was a strange journey that highs pushed me. Highs and lows. There. There's highs and lows. Highs and lows. To all our stories. Teach your children New Testament Greek, and they'll end up anyway <laughs> in prison. In prison. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask as well, like, is sorry, were you about to ask one? No, I was no, just waffling. You were waffling. Great, I felt that. Um, so, Josh, like, I mean, Brian's question from a parent perspective is really key, but I know as well we'll have loads of listeners tuning in today because they are youth workers and they want to know, like, how can I get my young people praying? And I think, I mean, so far I just, I feel very encouraged from what you said that there's this sense that young people, you know, they don't want to leave the presence and they want to come and pray. Like, what mm-hmm. advice do you have for young, for youth leaders? Because I remember when I was, I feel really old once again in this book, I was saying this, but when I was a teenager, there, my church ran this um, this weekly prayer breakfast and it was at like 7 a.m. Did you go? I went to it, Brian. Like, you were such it, a geeky student. I know. Well, there were there were boys there, so probably it was mixed motives, if we're uh. honest. But but the, but the church, like, it was an, actually an amazing thing because they didn't do they didn't really do anything. They put on some toast. They boiled the kettle. But we, like, loads of us went and literally just got in little small circles and, and prayed. And that's definitely where I learned to pray. Certainly it's where I learned to, like, pray out loud and all that kind of stuff. But in, in terms of, like, if you're a youth leader today and you're thinking, well, I don't have Josh Green showing up at my event. You know, I can't, like, <laughs> what what would you say to them? Like, you know, do they do we need, like, really, um, really sexy events or can mm. we just put some toast on and that will also work? Like, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I sort of tell youth leaders three things. I say, call them higher, call them deeper, and call them outwards. Oh, I like it. For me, call them higher is about coming back to a presence-focused ministry. Um, so not just the pizza in games night, although those things are fun and I love pizza, but 
you know, actually doing things that stretch young people. So exactly yeah. what you were talking about, Hannah, you know, something that's a little bit further than just your average comfortable, mm. you know, youth ministry, but doing something that actually stretches them. Recently, some of our young people at our local church that I help serve on the youth team there, you know, we invited them to our church's all-night prayer meeting. And uh, some of them came. They didn't all come. Some of them came, but all the ones that came stayed all night and they prayed all night. And I think mm. I think that empowers a generation because I think it says to them, I believe in you. Yes. Like, I believe that you can really live out this Christian walk. Mm-hmm. I believe that you can go, you know, deeper in God's presence. And that's why I'm inviting you here. And I think it it, it sort of helps them to feel like they've got something to live for, something to go after. So, you know, call them higher, not just pizza and games night, but just stretching them in the presence of God. That's call really them deeper. Good. Call them deeper. I think that's about, you know, really placing a value on the word of God, like getting deeper into the word of God. Maybe perhaps not teaching New Testament Greek while you're trying to have dinner, but I think... <laughs> Alpha, I think, beta, I, gamma, delta, epsilon, eta, theta, vita, iota, kappa, lambda. Anyway, ooh. sorry. Come on. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> but I, I think maybe Very helpful just in not, everyday life. Maybe just not shying away from, you know, the the full breadth of of, of the Bible. Like yes, just you know, I love that. just 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 saying, Oh, let's just give them something that's easy, give them something yes. that's palatable. But instead let's let's call them deeper. There's a scripture in Acts, I can't remember where it is, but Paul basically says, I've not failed to preach to you the whole counsel mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. And I, I love the idea of, of of sort of calling them deeper, placing a value on the word, not just bite-sized snippets, but, you know, just a, a more breadth of the word. And mm-hmm. then call them outwards. Uh, I love this because we were just at a 24-7 um, and Emmaus Road sort of staffed together thing the other day, and we had an Iranian guy sharing there and he was just basically saying their model for doing things is just you know train and send and taking people out on the streets to share their faith and I think that really places your faith under the fire (laughs) and it really it really challenges you it really stretches you but once you do it like the boldness and the Mm -hmm. confidence that rises up in you is is incredible so take the youth out on the streets man like model it for them to see it but yeah Call them higher, call them deeper, call them outwards. Love that. Really That's good so wisdom. easy to remember, so helpful and so wise, Josh. Josh, how did you get, like, you come from a Christian home, but you had a, you had a strange, I mean, I mean, we haven't got loads of time, but you had yeah. an interesting journey towards getting to where you are. Could you just, because mm-hmm. I just, and the reason I want to go there is because I know your parents prayed. Yeah. And they prayed for you, and there must have been moments where it would have almost felt to them like their prayers weren't quite working. So I always think it gives people a load of encouragement if they hear of stories where it wasn't going perfectly in the parenting child arena, and then someone mm. prayed. So can you just give us just a little brief, how did you get to where you are in terms of your faith journey? Absolutely. I mean, and my dad was a pastor, and my mum ran a thing called prayer network like amazing and yet there's you know working with the police and working with the community and yet their son was getting in trouble with the police out out in the community so, so were you a naughty you boy and look i was a little bit of a naughty boy you know misguided you know just zeal for life but you know just wanting to just do everything and try everything and 
I, I found I found church boring. You know, I I didn't I just couldn't engage with it as a teenager, um, and just so didn't really go that much. Um, and but I was getting really badly bullied in school. Uh, I found school just incredibly difficult. I wasn't I didn't have an appetite for academic stuff when I was younger and. I just really, really struggled, went to a school that just basically was all about academia. And so I really struggled there. Um, and when I was 18 years old, to cut a very long story short, I was locked up in a uh, police station. Um, just uh, nothing serious, you know, you're not talking to a hardened criminal here. But um, I was just locked up in this police station. I felt like I'd just made a complete mess of everything. So I decided to pray. Um I know now why, but at the time I didn't really know what was happening, but I decided to pray. And in that moment, I just had a radical encounter with the presence of God. Um, it was the first time I really felt, you know, like God was there with me somehow by his spirit. It was just incredibly beautiful. I felt peaceful. Mm. I felt like I had a purpose in my life. It was really, really powerful. Um, and then something really wacky and weird happened we get a lot of this wacky and weird stuff but keep going it's so good <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry about no, that brilliant, but, you know, this is something god works in wonderful and mysterious ways right um i started to hear my mom audibly singing this song that i used to sing as a kid in church called eagle's wings now i thought she was there i could literally hear it audibly and wow. and i obviously wasn't following jesus here at this point so to me it was incredibly awkward i was like what's <laughs> going on um, and so I waited for my for the police officer to let my mum into the room. That never happened. The singing died down. And I thought, what the heck was that? So I've had this crazy encounter with the presence of God. I've heard my mum sing this song. I have no idea what's going on. Um, eventually, I you know, I get let out. I go back home and I, I go straight to my mum. And, and the first thing I say is, why didn't they let you in to, the, to my cell? <laughs> And she sort of looked a bit startled and she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, Saturday I was in I was in the police station. I had this crazy encounter with Jesus. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I heard you singing this song, Eagle's Wings, and I quoted the lyrics to her. Um, and she just looked completely shocked. And she said, I don't know how to say this to you. I know you don't really want to follow Jesus and you're not interested. But on Saturday, me and your sister were praying you for hours and we decided to sing that song that you've just quoted that song eagle's wings we felt like if we sang it it might be some sort of prophetic declaration to call you home wow. you must have heard it from eight miles away and wow right there in that moment i just knew god is real oh and, god and he's, and he's josh and he's i mean it just you know talk about believing in the power of prayer I've got no choice like <laughs> it yeah. just it radically changed everything for me and a few months later I heard Andy Hawthorne who's an incredibly passionate you know evangelist he was preaching the gospel and and I surrendered my life to Jesus I was I was in and so yeah that's that's kind of the beginning Amazing. of my story where it all began. one of the things we had been asking people is what is one experience of prayer that will ne that you will never forget so thank you so much for sharing that one with us because that's just an, yeah. an amazing one josh josh mm. uh what would your prayer be for a generation yeah um my prayer at least right now is lord raise up a generation that don't want to leave your presence 
that was something when I read Exodus 33:11 back over this past Christmas. I wrote that down on the bottom of my Bible. Lord, raise up a generation that don't want to leave your presence. And then two months later, I was sat at Asbury, you know, looking out at a generation that didn't want to leave God's presence. And so I just sort of made that like one of my prayers or like the prayer prayer that I seem to pray a lot. Mm. Um, God just seems to be doing it. And, you know, I don't believe that it's my little scribble at the bottom of my Bible that caused, you know, Asbury or anything like that, far from it. But I just, I think that's a prayer that we can all pray. And and the reason why I like it um, is because it's not just, you know, Lord, I pray that young people come back to church or that young people make a decision to follow Jesus. All of those things are great and good and we need that. But it's calling a generation higher. It's, it's, mm. it's more than that. It's saying, Lord, raise up a generation that don't want to leave your presence, that, you know, 25 years ago when 24-7 started, it was a group of students that didn't want to leave God's presence. They were hungry and it's gone out into the world by God's grace, you know, in over half the nations of the world. And there's prayer rooms everywhere. And and, and sort of the prayer is, do it again, Lord. Would you you raise up another generation that don't want to leave your presence? So, yeah, that's my prayer. Mm, Oh, phenomenal. Do it again, Lord. Yeah. Mm. That's what you want. Thank you, Josh. It's so lovely to spend some time with you, to hear your passion, hear your heart. And uh, thank you so much for your your leadership in this. And we really mm. appreciate all that you do. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Bless you. Bless you, guys. Thank you for listening to a 24-7 Prayer podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our work, why not visit 247prayer.com. 